The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one two three dollars menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy holidays from all your friends at Podcast One. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. This is Heather Dubrow from Heather Dubrow's World. Hey, it's Steve Austin from Steve Austin Show. Hey, this is Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana from Riggle's Picks. This is Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine. Hey, this is Kelty from The Lady Gang. Happy holidays from Podcast One. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Aquaman spoiler review coming at you. Diving deep into Atlantis. Oh, nicely done. We're also going to look at this whole amazing, crazy year we just had in comic book related goodness here on Collider Heroes with our Boxing Day special. Merry Boxing Day, everyone. <laughs> it's our big year end wrap up Boxing Day spectacular. Yeah. And I am very excited to cover this whole year worth of goodness and, very importantly, a spoiler review with someone who loves Atlantis. And loves Jason Momoa. I do love Atlantis. And I do love Jason Momoa. <laughs> Hello, everyone. The producer of Collider Heroes. I'm just sitting in to have this discussion with them. 
them. Don't throw your tridents at your computer. <laughs> it's just a conversation about the film. I've been looking forward to talking with these two about the film and get their reaction. So we're doing a spoiler review of it. Jay Washington will take my spot after we're done talking Aquaman. He will uh, be back on the show to talk uh, the year end with the movies, TV, comic books, and Spider-Man stuff. So you'll only have to deal with me for this uh, spoiler review. <laughs> and it's a review discussion. So don't get upset. There we go. I'm That's very how I much. pitch it. That's how I can pitch it. So excited for your opinion because you helped me appreciate Aquaman. I know you so keep much. blaming me for helping no, you no. enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did I do this horrible, great thing? So I've been wanting to have this discussion because I left that movie with a very different feel than mm. you did. Mm-hmm. And Amy saw it a week later. So when we did our non spoiler review, she was like, Doo-doo-doo. so yeah. this is the first conversation I've gotten to have with the both of you about a movie that really surprised me. Okay, Amy, and full spoilers. Are, yeah, are we ready? Are we getting that bug up? I'm going to, like, I'm putting these back on for the year review. I'll, I'll <laughs> spoiler hat. <laughs> All right. The spoilers are gone. Yeah. Let's talk about Aquaman. It has now opened domestically in addition to the 18 gajillion dollars that it has made overseas. Wow. Yes. Um, oh, but what's most important is what happens underseas. Uh, oh, there uh, it is. There it is. There um, it is. Both I, had, in. I had real mixed feelings, y'all. Yeah. I'm, I think that's perfect. You're sitting in between us. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Like, this is the perfect place. <laughs> So your overall perspective walking out was uneven, but what did you like and didn't like? Why, why was it that for you? It is, it's heavily polarized because it's not like everything was medium for mm-hmm. me. It was that, uh, so I, like I alluded to last week on the show, you kind of have to separate out what the movie's trying to do and how you think it succeeded at accomplishing that. Right. And here's the thing that I love about Aquaman. It swung for the fences. Mm-hmm. It took this seriously. It also had fun with it, but it believed in what it was doing. It believed that an underwater kingdom should look cool as hell. It believed that fish monsters are incredible. It believed that you can have a meeting between people on sharks and people on seahorses, and that will look incredible. Like, that was a moment in the film where I was like, I can't believe I'm <laughs> alive to see this. Mm. Now... For me, there are other elements, like, there were some script and story problems for me with this movie that got in the way of loving it the way I wanted to. And there were these incredible performers who I felt like... I think there were a lot of technical challenges in making this movie and that they may have gotten in the... Sorry, I just decided I'm talking forever. But yes, like, please. They, so I, I'm very interested to hear more about the behind the scenes because you have world-class performers in this movie. And for instance, we're in spoilers, so when there's a big scene of betrayal with Volko and Orm, yeah. you've got two absolute heavyweights but maybe because they're stuck in harnesses and they can't move around or because you can't do retakes on a movie like this or because there just wasn't time to sort of bake the script properly, I didn't leave... Like, that should have been thunder in my ears, yeah. those two. Like, that, and, and it, it unfortunately just didn't get all the way with some of that. Like, that's, that's to narrow in on a very specific example that just for mm-hmm. me was kind of emblematic of the ways in which I wanted it to be even better. And it's the thing is, like, other movies that I enjoyed this year, like I enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp, I had a weirdly good time at Venom, those movies aimed way lower intentionally yeah, yeah. than this one. So I can't say, like, but this one didn't necessarily, like, you need to... It's hard to make people fall in love, but I love that they 
tried to do the romance and the adventure and the epic stuff. Somebody, okay, that, so that's my, like, mm-hmm. I love everything they were trying to do with this movie. And I'm, like, c- certain parts totally got me. Um, like, grounding it in the parents' love story, mm-hmm. like, worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Committing to the underwater kingdom worked. Yeah. These, everybody was brilliantly cast. Uh, but there were moments where you're like, you, you couldn't quite figure out the right answer to why Black Manta's getting this information at this moment in his life. And you just kind of had to go with it because you have a giant, technical, demanding thing. But I wish you had found solutions to those problems. Think, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Sense. And I think that's what, uh, overall, my issues with the movie were. There was too much of just go with it. And I, not enough of giving me, fleshing out the situations, the reasons, what was happening behind the scenes. People were just showing up going, you got to do this. Okay, let's go do this. Or I don't want to do this. Let me send a big title wave. Okay, I'll go do this. And there was not enough of laying the groundwork of this character. It was kind of piecemeal put together from what we'd seen in Justice League. Now, what Amy says is correct. And listen, uh, I do apologize for the tweet I sent out. I don't think that was correct to say it was paint by numbers filmmaking. So I took it down because I don't think that's fair to James Wan at all. The visual masterpiece that this film is is incredible. What they're able to bring to life underseas, you cannot discount the cinematography, the, the colors, the visuals, the brightness of what they were able to do. And that every kingdom that was shown, not all seven kingdoms were shown, but every kingdom that was, was very different from the kingdom before. You got that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was enjoyable to watch. I agree with Amy. Definitely a bunch of heavyweight actors. The love story between Tamora Morrison and Nicole Kidman worked completely for me. It was very beautiful the way it was constructed. Momoa's voiceover really helped with that. Uh, And the way it all comes together at the end when they get reunited, that is also beautiful to experience. But in between, I think what we have here with this film is it suffers from the fact that it started under the Snyder regime, then had to be adjusted. Remember James Wan did those those interviews and he said, oh, our Aquaman's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it feels like the pacing changes from section to section in the film. It goes from one to being very serious. Look, this guy's going to destroy the world to a madcap zany adventure to an Indiana Jones romantic screwball comedy. And you're like, there's no flow, for lack of a better term, there's no flow to it that is natural and uh, cohesive. And at times that bothered me. And, you know, but Perry and I walked out of there just completely like saddened by not wanting, not having it more uh, uh, fun or more uh, having it work as much as it could have. You talk about swinging for the fences, Spider Verse, which is right over your shoulder, that swung for the fences and nailed it. And so you can swing for the fences, and they certainly deserve credit for doing that. But you got to swing for the fences and like hit the ball over the uh, over the fence, I think. And Spider Verse does that, where I think Aquaman does 100% do that. I'm going again, so contrary <laughs> to these angry people. <laughs> <laughs> who come in the I am going to see it again with DC's own Mike Kalinowski and uh, my friend Aww. Shannon McClung and all this. So we're going to see it. They're all seeing it for the first time. And Shannon's a big, big Aquaman fan. So I am open to seeing it again and seeing what my reaction is afterwards. Then I'll tweet a more thorough review of the film. Uh, but overall, that's the thing. And I know I saw some video going around that like, oh, look, you got mad at uh, Octopus playing drums. And uh, what you liked Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Ants playing drums. Like, first of all, I didn't like that Ant-Man playing drums. Uh, the Ant playing drums. And that's I like both. that is the, <laughs> I love that both. is the last scene of the damn movie at the end as a as a, a post credit scene. It's not even part of the real movie, <laughs> so I didn't like it anyway. So I'm not inconsistent here. I didn't like the octopus drums and I didn't like the ambulance. But the issue with Atlantis I had is they turned them into a UFC crowd. These are Atlanteans. They should not be sitting in a bloodthirsty arena yelling like crazy for people to kill each other, and the killer gets to rule us. I, I, it's just it's just weird to me, and I get you separating 
got the intelligent Atla- uh, Atlanteans when they was all separated. You get the crab stuff, which was incredible. James Wan's horror thing really came into focus in that crab section. Uh, but the intelligent thing, you Jaman Hansu has like 30 seconds of screen time, then he's stabbed. And you're just like, wait, what? And so there was just too much of it that didn't feel cohesive enough and a full, complete picture for me to thoroughly enjoy, you know? And I'm a fan who likes Man of Steel. I love Wonder Woman, and I defend parts of Justice League. So I'm not some DC hater. It's just that this one didn't work for me, and I wanted it to work more. I was more disappointed than upset, and that's overall how I felt coming out of the movie. So tomorrow's headline, Roca hates animals playing drums. I'm very excited about it. Now, what I really like if they were puppies. If they were puppies, then I'm out yeah. Like in puppies. Uh, now, I really appreciated, for me, the swinging for the fences. And I actually had a different take on the actors in that I remember the scene you're talking about. But what impressed me was the Ocean Master scene. So there mm. were moments that solved a lot of that for me. So if there was a moment where I was taken out by acting not landing as much as I wanted to, then the next scene would land it. So overall, the consistency I felt was higher. When he's on top of the submarine and he somehow manages to say i am ocean master i was like how did anyone say that out loud how did anyone oh yeah like patrick wilson landing the name ocean master i was like there's there's your meryl streep (laughs) i don't think they were bad performances but i don't know that they had the script or the takes or whatever that i don't know just so so what i what i appreciated was that overall i didn't mind the little moments that you describe as much as i feel like you did so the consistency for me was i liked the use of flow for me it was rapid water smooth seas rapid water smooth seas and I appreciated that because it gave me time to go, this is a movie that we can dive into here. This is something we can dive into here. And I like the seven seas all feeling different. And to me, that's how I interpreted the film was the pacing was in different acts and in different worlds. So it didn't take me out of it. It made me go like, this is the theme they're going for in this act of the film or in this world build of the film. Mm-hmm. To me, it reminded me of the Fast and Furious films, which James Wan did seven. Oh, yeah, sure. And I love the Fast and Furious movies because they, when there's a global threat and we live in New York, I'm like, okay. Like you never feel that when there's a space hole, you're like seen it whereas this film it pops up in italy it pops up in these other realms and then when the tone changes there it suits my sensibilities because it's in a different uh, uh, setting it's a different established world so i didn't mind it i also appreciated the fact that they took such bold chances with comic style filming when they go to the above shot with nicole kidman fighting and then later when they go to those oh, yeah. giant black manta aerial shots all of that is super ambitious for a movie that spends most of its time under the sea so i think that i walked out of it expecting especially since we've spoken right before mm-hmm. to be upset at the dialogue or upset at these moments and instead I walked out thinking we've come from 20 years ago having to apologize for the X-Men not landing a comic shot to full on Aquaman so I always go into it trying to be a 7 year old and, and I think that's why I love Venom and I think that's why I like these films is because I want to see a movie that suits 7 to 70 and in the middle is my adult film critic perspective like I've in three, since I've been watching movies, I've only given three years my top, uh, comic movies only made my top ten three times, mm-hmm. ever. Uh, and that was in 08 with Dark Knight and Iron Man, 2014 with uh, Winter Soldier and Guardians, and this year with Spider-Verse and Infinity War. Mm. That's it. I usually don't think comic movies are as good as people assume I do. So I went into Aquaman expecting, like, I'll get a C-. minus. So when I left with it higher than that, and especially after how much I wanted more Man of Steel, I want Man of Steel 2 more than anything. And me too, man. So the fact that Aquaman was a world that I can get Aquaman 2, I think that helped me enjoy it because that got greenlit before I saw it. So I was like, this is a world I want more of. This is an action style I like. I like the world they're building and I was really impressed with how much I was invested in Black Manta as well as Jason Momoa's Aquaman as well as Willem Dafoe. And I was so invested I wanted to go back to Atlantis with James Wan, whereas I don't leave a lot of comic movies going like, I need more of that world. I just want more comic movies. And the final impression of like, will I show up for Aquaman 2 based on this? Yes. Minute one. Mm -hmm. I want like 
I, so that's weird. Like for all of the, and there were moments where I was like, I don't feel like you came up with an answer of how we were getting from that scene to this. So something just exploded and here we are. Or like, you know, there were frustrations that I had, but like, I'm so down for more. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that as well. I, I would absolutely be open for a second Aquaman film because of the incredible actors that were cast in these roles. Right. I don't know if James Wan comes back to do something. I, I feel like he's moving past this kind of stuff and he's becoming like a mogul and yeah. so it's like he's got other things that he's executive producing and moving and maybe things that inspire him he'll come back to do but I'm happy to see someone else step in and take this and see what they can do with a sequel without all this unrest that was going on behind the scenes at WB and DC at the time uh, you know kind of extricating themselves from the Zack Snyder stuff I would love to see a full on Aquaman 2 movie done Momoa is a good look you've got to dial in or not you got to accept or not accept it's Momoa's Aquaman <laughs> when he's doing selfies you're like wait what this is Arthur Curry and so you get this thing in your head like, oh, this is the guy, but it's his version of it. So, And I like his version of Aquaman. I liked it in Justice League. I like it here. Mm-hmm. And um, I would definitely come back to see a sequel to see what they could do with this world. But maybe a smaller story, a smaller adventure, and see what you can do with that. Uh, so you think so, streamlining would suit the I, I think absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. James was going, James was all, I, I likened it to a piece of jazz that just goes like, and all of a sudden it's oh, like changes perfect. rhythm and then comes back to a main base and goes way off and then comes back. Overall, the composition may still be incredible, but you got to be willing to go along. Like fusion See, jazz, you got to be willing to go along with it. Unlike you, I was, I loved that they were trying to do both the epic and the action adventure, the romance, mm. that like, I loved that they were trying for all of that. I don't know if that's reasonable because maybe, maybe what you're saying is like, maybe that was impossible. Um, but, I don't know. But I like, I, I was so on board for that mixture. It's just that I, you know, I, there was, I, I got to see Frosty talk to James Wan a little bit mm. about making the movie after the screening I saw, which was wonderful. So he talked about like, it took them three days to shoot that Nicole Kidman fight scene. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. She's it, great. Like, it just is incredible. Uh, and uh, one of the questions that Frosty asked was, you know, often people say that you really find a movie in the editing. Was that, did that hold for you all? And basically what he said was, that was impossible with our film. Hmm. Everything had to be so pre-planned that like, that was just not an option. You couldn't pick up a scene and move it around and do that sort of thing because there was so, it was so difficult to make this film. And I think, like, the things they achieve with it really speak to, like, they're spectacular things. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a ton of heart in the movie, mm-hmm. which I'm so happy about. Um, so it's not like it's even empty spectacle. It's not yeah. Busby Berkeley. Not that I don't love Busby Berkeley, um, for the three of you who know who that is. <laughs> um, but it, it's interesting because it makes me wonder, like, one of those things that, like, epics are a very difficult tone to nail and romantic comedy action adventure is a very difficult tone to nail. And if, you, if you're if you working with all those challenges, that might be one of the reasons that, like... Anyway, I'm signing up for I, more. Please make more. James Wan, I want you to make the next one. Please make more Aquaman. I love your jazz parallel. Like, that, that yeah. is exactly how I felt about it, but I think I liked that more. Like, I think the thing I liked about it is the thing you didn't like about it, which is an interesting perspective. Like, yeah. the exact thing I appreciated was the whole time I was like, what's happening? Right, and that's and, why two different opinions can exist and yeah. be okay. Okay. I literally love that you. I just didn't didn't work, for it, and that's okay. The chaos of jazz is the thing I appreciate. And that's also yeah. why I liked Venom because I, the whole time I was watching Venom, I was like, I forgot my life. I forgot what my world was. I was able to fully be here because I was trying to keep up. Yeah. And Aquaman was the thing on an even bigger scale. Aquaman was like an eleven of that. Right. It was it was very much a cadence changing spectacle. That was it was like an LSD trip. There were highs, there were lows, mm-hmm. there was freakouts, there was visuals, and I liked that. And so, I think there's going to be like I am so excited for a generation of kids for whom this is like the formative like every 
other movie's going to pale in comparison to the incredible ride of seeing Aquaman when you were nine or whatever. Oh. Like this, like this beautiful underwater universe. Interesting. Uh, because I, I don't know. I push back on that a little bit because like I didn't need any of that in Richard Donner's Superman. And that's the one that got me into comics and got me into like there's no big massive world. It's just Metropolis. It's just Smallville. And it's just Superman flying, trying to save the world uh, mm-hmm. from uh, another human being. And so I, I like that. But this is an interesting point. You may, there, maybe the, you know, there's a generation that wants to expand the world of superheroes in this way and explore these and, and want these large, massive visuals that they can really get, bring you into an entire world, a planet, and, and like, o- and 70% of the world underneath. Don't forget, we, we're, we're comfortable with flying illusions, yeah. but like the we figured out how to make it look like someone is flying. The element of we've solved a technique, you will believe a man can fly, yeah. is not just about like, look, if that movie hadn't nailed the essence of Superman, it wouldn't right. have lived forever. Absolutely. But it also did do a like it was visual spectacle mm-hmm. that people were like I can't believe it really looked like he was flying around right. like there was an element of bringing that to life for the first time That's that helped to cement that in the memories of a bunch of kids do you, do you, the thing that occurred to me as I was watching and this may be my 2018 eyes you know being with this uh, with uh, being more aware of how women are portrayed in these films and the idea of fridging and all this, they were all begging Aquaman to come be or Arthur Curry to come be the king and with Mara Mara is more than capable to run this damn kingdom and it occurred to me when she was talking to and she's doing all the work. He's an idiot, kind of. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, you got to put water on this. Or why didn't you just pee on it? And it's like, this is, you know, Mara should be in charge of this damn kingdom. And that kind of bothered me a little bit, too, because I love the Arthur Curry in the comics that respects all around what the situation is. Uh, and this felt like Mara should, it felt like the Sabine Ezra issue that I had, too, as I was watching Rebels, that mm. Sabine should have been the chosen one, not Ezra, and should have been. So it occurred to me as I was watching, and that was an interesting thing to have explained running through my mind. I'm curious what you think about that. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough because to make the classic odd couple romantic comedy work, to make like romancing the stone or like very much this Leia and Han or like that, it, it is, it is a very difficult challenge to delineate out how these characters are different what they see in each other and how they slowly fall in love with the things that make them different. Like that's just, hard to do Mm. um and like you know i knew going in this is an aquaman movie like there were there's a lot of dark roads not taken that like it could have there could have been atrocious treatment of mira um and and none Mm. of none of the worst case scenarios came to pass isn't she with the king isn't she with uh dolph lundgren's character in the comics it's different this may december thing is really uncomfortable I, i don't love the like you know the they don't have time in the movie to ask questions i would love to ask like how did you end up betrothed to Ormond? How do you feel about that? And why isn't anybody mad at the dad who killed your mom? Yeah. Like, what? But there's... It, but that's all, like, getting into the weeds. And I'm my desire to get into the weeds on it is because I love the bones of this movie mm, so much. But, yeah, they they gave... It's a it's a really tough line to walk to be like more competent female side character who nonetheless needs main guy to do thing, and because this is a sort of kingdom story because like there's this certain things we just buy into like I accept that in Black Panther you decide via a fight who rules your kingdom so I'm gonna accept that in oh. Aquaman there's a weird monarchy and only the son of the last king is for some reason gonna like but you have to sell me on mm. when she's like you you have to understand the good things about Atlantis too you do have to show me those not just the beautiful things but the things that like 
okay, yeah, you're, you might need, like, a revolution in your kingdom, but first, like, you need to stop this war, and you're going to obey those rules enough to do it. I just, I want more, I want solutions to all of these questions, and I want them in the same movie that also has the rollicking adventure, and maybe that was impossible? I thought the scene in the ship addressed that. Mm-hmm. For me, when he's like, I'm a blunt instrument, you point me at stuff, and I go mess stuff up, I right. thought that scene addressed the fact that Mira was doing all the work. So for me, it worked because it was like, I'm smarter than you, we've spelled it out, you're the prophesized one. Like you're saying, the, mm-hmm. wor- the rules built into the world are addressed, and her being smarter than him is addressed. So once that scene existed, I was like, oh, they've acknowledged that they're, they're writing this in a way that has to be done for the prophecy, mm-hmm. and I was okay with it. And it, it it was a very thin, you know, way to handle it. But since they at least addressed it, I was like, oh, good, they're not ignoring it. Yeah. And that was enough for me because it's a two-hour epic as is. Mm-hmm. You can only dive into so much. And your point about the small versus broad, I think we need Logans as much as Days of Future Past. Yeah. And I think that's the, what, what you're mm-hmm. saying is a more focused movie as well as these broad spectacles. But yeah. I think to introduce Aquaman, you need the broad spectacle because that's what DC's going for right now. Mm-hmm. So if this movie had been more contained, I don't think it would have pleased the fans that wanted Momoa's Aquaman. I think you're absolutely right. That's why I think a second movie could be fun to explore as a more kind of controlled and you might like it more the second time because now you've had that experience mm-hmm. and after like what we've all it's weird because i the movie is also like i am even more eager to see it again than i was because i walked mm. out with this real mix of feelings mm-hmm. um but like in the intervening days i'm already at the point where i'm like okay i want to see it again and see if this part works when i this and the blah 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 i just it, you know the thing that they aimed at is very difficult making it clear that some there's something special about arthur curry like I think that the scene where he gets drunk with people in the bar is meant to give us this, he has a connection to ordinary people Mm -hmm. and to the surface world that makes it very special when he bridges these two worlds. But we don't really get a chance to see Mira learn that, which should Mm -hmm. be part of them falling in love with this. You know, it's just, it's all these little tweaks that I, I want, but like... But overall, like, DC just delivered a huge, amazing, spectacular, committed, imaginative, like, chance-taking Aquaman movie to theaters. And I can't, like, yeah. So, <laughs> so on that level, I'm real happy. <laughs> well, what you say, uh, the idea of the... I guess because we saw Aquaman and Justice League being like, uh, the people were intimidated by him and revered him. They respected him and they drew drawings of him, right? But in this, they're like taking selfies with him. So it's just a different, like I was presented a certain Aquaman and now I have this Aquaman. And it's like a difference of vision. You have to have right? to start out with that. He's already That's a superhero, but yeah. he doesn't know this, but he does know that, but he doesn't know this. Because they were saying, are you attached to the DCU or are you not? And they said, well, it is, but it isn't. But Mm -hmm. they do reference Steppenwolf and they do reference Justice League. So in that way, yes, he's still part of the DCEU. But Amy, you brought up a great point that makes me think, like, I had no problem with Black Panther, them fighting to be who's (laughs) in charge of the kingdom. I guess maybe because the people in the stands were these people of respect and tradition and were pairing it. They weren't like... A UFC crowd, which is what the Atlanteans worried. Ah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I guess there's the difference. But you do bring up a good point. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it more in Black Panther than I did in Aquaman. And in the so presentation... There is a discussion to have there. there, there I think there's, there's valid reasons to find one of those scenes more effective than the other mm. in terms of the way they're painting the, the traditions and the background and the way everybody gets there. And, like, there... I mean, it was one of a lot of moments, unfortunately, in Aquaman, where I was like... I don't feel they've fully established why this is happening and what it means, mm-hmm. and I, I continue to have questions, but, like, I'm just going to go with it. Like, what you said, mm-hmm. that you just have to kind of go with it. Like, yeah. why are we, like... And we're in spoilers, right? Yeah, full. There's just no reason that when the location of the ancient artifact turns out to be the trench, no one has any response to the fact that it's a known location they've already been to many times, yeah. where, like, 
there just, I guess there wasn't time or it was already, like, there's just weird, you have to kind of turn off that part of your brain that wants, like, there were problems that I feel they didn't solve in the kind of how do we get from point A to point B mm -hmm. story-wise. But on the other hand, I loved all those points. Mm -hmm. So I loved point A. I loved point B. I loved the people. I loved the visuals. I love Aquaman. My in defense of Aquaman horse. Uh, okay. I also, talking about Black Panther, a lot of people are comparing the two. Something I thought this did really well that Black Panther necessarily didn't was I love the third act of Black Panther in, in concept, the Underground Railroad, that fight, all yes. of those things. I love it on paper and yeah. like what it represents, but I thought the CGI was such a turn from the, the fighting we enjoyed. Mm -hmm. The fight where they're actually on the cliff's edge and that's people brilliant yep. so when you turn that into a cgi fight my brain goes like before it was real and that pulled me out whereas i love the concept yep. so to me that arc didn't land as well as it could have if they could have had more money or time whereas in aquaman the movie starts out cgi somehow grows in cgi by the third act you're watching a full-blown light show with crazy seahorses and crabs so to me arguably the third act escalation worked because of the world they built i was more invested in the escapism than the tonal shift from third act to black panther yeah, that's so fair. that's something that we when you talk about the jazz aspect, mm -hmm. the jazz aspect played to its favor because you're already so overwhelmed with stimuli that when you get to the third act, you're immersed in a world you might not accept otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost like, uh, you know, when you, you go through those like uh, rides, how you get inundated on the way up. And then by the time you're at the third act of the ride, you're fully immersed. And I think Aquaman did that really well. So by the time I left, I believed everything about Atlantis. I believed everything about the rules. I was fully invested in the world they built. And I don't feel that often in, in these superhero films. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I got a lot out of it. I was and a very happy boy. The crucial thing I haven't acknowledged is that, like, I came in taking Aquaman seriously. So, like, I'm probably failing to appreciate the level to which this is going to make other people take Aquaman seriously, <laughs> which is very exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, those were our thoughts on Aquaman. Yep. Uh, full spoilers. We will be talking about this for the fire year to come. 2019. <laughs> this is not the end of the conversation. We can do this for an hour. One day we will. And if you loved Thank it, you. if you loved everything about it, I'm so glad. Like, for yeah. real. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. I also I love and thank it. you for creating space for letting me to come on and talk about it with you guys because I know it's good to have a discussion. And yeah. I love that I value all your perspectives and opinions. Like I was Vice afraid versa. you'd say something and be like, "That's not what I saw." Right. We just like listen to jazz differently in this case. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's liked, cool. And I love jazz. So. And <laughs> I thank you guys. Thank I you so much. Those red. Love that he goes to bat for Mira because um, I just you know Black Manta. Can we just acknowledge how great Black Manta was? Because I can't believe we that didn't even worked. get into it. Oh my the, god! The scene while we while we are not, spoiler things are gone. Uh, the scene scene where Black Manta does uh, the fighting and then this thing happens, I thought was shot so incredibly and the Black Manta moment so good there in that scene in the vagueness. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, go see Aquaman. If you haven't seen it by now, I hope you muted the first half of this episode, but you can go ahead and unmute and welcome Jay Washington. Thank oh, you. wild Jay Washington appears. Oh, <laughs> Looking so festive. Thank Dressed you. for Boxing Day. For Boxing Day. <laughs> Hi, Canada. How are you? Good to I, see you. Happy Boxing Day, one and all. Actually, I actually haven't even acknowledged that I'm in Deadpool pajamas yet because we dove into Aquaman, but these are full Deadpool pajamas. Oh, my oh no, gosh. I think somebody said I, uh, it in comments already. Are, yeah, I'm sure that, they're on it. They're, uh, <clears throat> so this year has been insane for I comic book properties. Sure Amy likes my hair. Uh, that's all. I'm just so good. Okay, thank you. I'm just here for the hair. So it's the year interview. It's 2018. It's the it's Boxing Day. We're at a five days out from New Year's. Oh. We have so much to talk about because 2018 was one of the most comic-tastic films. Black Panther was this year. Infinity War was this year. Yeah, it's hold on. insane Let's see. We got Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Deadpool 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, mm -hmm. Venom, Once Upon a Deadpool, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Aquaman, and Honorable Mention Incredibles 2. 
And that's just movies. That doesn't mention the 87 shows on TV at all times. There, were, I, I tried to count the shows, and I stopped at 30. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to say, as somebody who covers all of the comic book TV shows and movies, I watched them all. How? Is that physically possible? Uh, I don't sleep. So okay. when I'm done with my day, like 1, 2 in the morning, I'm watching two hours worth of shows back up at 7 at the gym while I'm running. I might be watching something. So I watched them all to watch everything from Cloak and Dagger to Black Lightning to The Gifted, Runaway. It was just so much with TV shows this year. And you're like, oh, Next year adds on more as well. Mm-hmm. Next year we get an entirely new app. Next year we get an entirely new wave of DC Universe as well as the Disney shows. And not to mention some shows that return. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back again. Shout out to Dorian. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns. Gotham goes into its final season, which yeah. I'm excited about for its final season because it should have been over. Uh, Shots fired at Gotham. Shots fired. Ooh. You know what? Because here's why I say that. When that first the show first came on, we said, okay, it's not about Batman at all. It's about Jim Gordon and life in Gotham before. Well, nobody Just cared. Just kidding. That's not that show. Right, because nobody cared about Ben McKenzie as Jim Gordon. Right. So they were like, yeah, we're going to have to slowly do what we didn't want to do. What's that? We're going to start focusing on, on Bruce Wayne getting to know things, and we're going to make the villains. Wait, how is it possible? Because Bruce is 12, and the villains are already 30 you know, in some Penny, cases. Penny Ward's <laughs> going to be great, you guys. That's what I know. That is another show that's coming out. So, And granted, it's only a limited series, which I'm, I'm content with. But Gotham just lost its footing. Then you had brought in, you brought in Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney. Then you took her away. Then you brought her back. <laughs> they, you know, the whole thing with the Penguin and all those different things and different elements. And now you're just like, hey, we're going to give you the worst looking dominatrix Bane in history. You know what was great? Arrow. I love this season. My uh, amazing Wait, you just held time, up a time out. You just held up a flash side. I, I, I just started watching Arrow. Flash. Uh, <laughs> you just confused the heck out of me. The <laughs> <laughs> messed me up, and now I still think Yes, you don't know which one's which. Who is who? Obviously, this is a Green Arrow job. I don't believe you did it. I mean, you did it so confident. You were like, Arrow. You know what? Elseworlds, still in it. I have issues with Elseworlds, but that's a whole other story. Yeah? There's so many plot holes in it. Mm-hmm. Elseworlds has a lot of plot holes like that they it. never plugged in. The, one of the biggest ones, it, there are simple things they can do is acknowledge it and move on. Okay. When Oliver woke up as Barry mm-hmm. and Iris is talking, then when Oliver and Barry go to the bar to talk to each other about what's going on, so you can be like, so what's all going on? Well, I have a daughter from the future. Oliver, I don't want to hear about it. Move on. When Kara and Kate Kane meet, Kara tells Kate, my cousin knows your cousin. How? You all are on two different Earths. Well, there's... Okay, there is a Batman on her Earth. Right, but you gotta acknowledge... Although I don't know how Batwoman knew what she knew about Supergirl. That did not make sense. That didn't... Except that it's like Batman rules, so I guess maybe just... They're allowed to know It was so confusing. It was certain... Just... It's a little tedious things that because this all flows in the continuity of every other season that's been happening, you have to keep that going. Yeah. And so those things, to me, were like, I'm an avid watcher of this. I'm a follower of this. You can do this. Last year's crossover was the best thing you've ever done. And I was hoping for that this year. Like, I wasn't overwhelmingly disappointed, but I was just like... I thought the comedy, like, landed enough. The me, com- I was like, to so see Stephen, to, to see Stephen Amell in a humorous 
element so nice. was so nice. That's why this is a green air jacket, because I'm confused. <laughs> that, that, okay. <laughs> but I, I think that like the Elseworlds works for me because I, I'm newer to the world. I'm, I'm currently Yeah, I watching. know. We know. I'm you and I have that discussion before. My friend's at a show. I got to watch it. Oh, it's been on for five years. Uh, <laughs> so I'm catching up on Flash, and I just started Arrow, which is distracting. But I really think that for a, a non-invested uh, fan, it was nice because I still understood enough that I appreciated all mm-hmm. the references. It referenced the comics enough as well as the show that I was invested. I loved that that sound uh, cue we got in the first episode that might involve Michael Rose's mom's Lex Luthor, oh, perhaps, yeah. that I moment. I had one friend who was real mad about it because they got so excited that and then they were like, oh, that's, no, that's not happening. But yeah, they, they told you that, like, we Well, they told us we were getting Smallville references, so people thought we were getting cast members. Like, no, we. That's not, not a reference. That's, not that's a, a that's cast not, member. That's, that's a, a big cast difference. Member. Also, there's 87 cast members, guys. Let's not juggle into cast from 10 years ago. Not, you're not getting any Tom Welling. You're not getting Justin Hartley. You're not getting Michael Rosenbaum. Just <laughs> you hear it though, be happy. Just there it goes. There it goes. Now that DC killing it this year. I love the CW stuff. Well, from DC has always been great in a sense with their television programming. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always given DC all the credit in the world for that. Their television program holds to the holds canon to the the source material and they make it where you believe it. Yeah. And they took shows that shouldn't combine and made them combine well. Again, the Arrowverse. Yeah. They made The Flash the lighthearted show. Mm-hmm. They made Arrow the dark show. And even though it's gotten a little bit lighter, over the seasons, and then you have Supergirl, this entirely different take, which I stopped watching this season. I'm going to be open and honest. Well, yeah, but like the stuff with her and the sister in the in the crossover, like that was classic that was, alternate universe. That was that, that definitely was. That was so much I, fun. I was cool with that. That was fine. It was just it's just the storyline, the story arc they're doing this season. They're heavy handed with it, mm. and I, I respect always that what Berlanti, uh, Guggenheim, all of them have done, where they take social issues we deal with in regular day life, and they make sure they are translated well within the programs. But with Supergirl, it's like, yo, you hear about it? You hear about it? It's beating you over the head. And it's like, I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. I'm still in uh, season two of Flash and season one of Arrow, and I was able to watch Elseworlds and experience a lot of what I think people that have watched the whole show okay. experience. Because the moment he goes, you have failed this city, I was like, what? Like, I stood and cheered, and I'm, that's only going to get more exciting when I rewatch it as I've caught up. Because I'm going to watch it again when it lands. Also, watching a brooding Grant Gustin was amazing. So great. Was- <laughs> like, it was a, I thought it was really fun. I Since I, don't, I haven't seen the other one, I haven't seen last year's crossover. So to me, the bar is really oh, high. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I loved it because I, it was new to me. I so, have become that I keep getting behind, and then, like, I, I'm behind but I jumped into the crossover so mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of y'all you're completely caught up you're just starting and I had like enough but like I gotta, My brain I gotta check explodes because everybody's like wait you cut you watch it all I'm like literally every week I'm watching every single episode from every single show that's going. My brain can't hold. That's why I don't schmo down, man. It doesn't hold. But see, this year we, we get, like, and I love, this will get actually bigger next year. I'm, I'm curious oh, about yeah. this because, like, um, uh, uh, so many more of the indies are coming because this year was also the year that we got friggin' Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Hilda. Like, yeah. they're both comic book shows. And took them dark and took the dark twist on them. On Sabrina, yeah. Yeah, and everybody was I've like, been hearing amazing things. I've heard great things about it because it was like, the people who knew Sabrina from the old TGIF show <laughs> were expecting that, in a sense, going into the Netflix show yeah. and they were like wait wait there's 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 a satanic worship there's there's rituals <laughs> but we also got cloak and dagger this year which is characters that i didn't think would ever translate characters that i'm more invested in in tv than i was in the comic to me they're like those characters from maximum carnage now they're fully fleshed oh. out but i love the, them but i love them as the perpetual guest stars that's I, what i mean they they're not i didn't to have their own spotlight so i was really impressed with that what did you think when i first saw the pilot episode for cloak and dagger i was already skeptical because it was on freeform mm-hmm. i was like this is not gonna work mm-hmm. and then i watched the pilot and i was like this is netflix-esque 
This and is it, and it, it worked as a compliment. As right? a yeah, yeah, very much. As a, it had the the darkness, the the realism, the R rated feel being on freeform. It was like twelve to sixteen, and Netflix to me is like sixteen to twenty five. And I like that. that. Yes. Like I really appreciated that it was young adult, but it was in the older end of young adult, and it didn't feel like it was like that Steve Buscemi gif of like hello fellow kids. And a lot of twelve to sixteen year olds do feel like they're yes. like kids say this right. And for me, Cloak and Dagger felt so authentic as not a kid, the, but I didn't feel like it was painful. Yeah, if you are fifteen and you watched it, tweeted us. And Tell us whether it worked. Yeah, tell hit, us how wrong we are. It hit Daredevil season one level because it got real dark. It got real with, you know, you had Olivia Holt being dagger her being Tandy stealing and all this other crazy stuff, drugging people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is a freeform thing. We'll see. For me, it was the first show to look better than the subject matter in the comics to me. Absolutely. Because when the dagger came out, that looked way cooler than a little thing you draw. And for me, the cloak on top of the rooftop billowing was like, oh, that's that way more shot, exciting than that shot. And then yeah. when he got the full cloak that he designed himself because of his brother, the heart that went into the cloak all of that was more than the comic to me and the tie-in to luke cage yes when you found the tie-in to luke cage you're like the, the okay, officer yeah the officer like okay this is and it's a tie-in to one other show that we're gonna see it's a tie-in to runaways which just dropped on the 21st you can binge the entire yes, season now can. that it's boxing day you've had it for five days two. runaways was a huge surprise last year i was so impressed the fact that the show took the comic in a completely different direction but didn't betray the subject matter no it should have been, again, impossible. This is my favorite thing to say. Should not have worked. What did it work? Because like, I, I, watching the season one, I was just like, we're spending a lot of time with the parents. And as a Runaways fan, that is weird. Um, <laughs> but, like, it worked. It works for the TV version. Because it paid off when you finally saw what they were doing. You built up the parents. You're like, why are we built? Okay, we understand the whole pride. We understand the parents are villains. But then you get to see they're not the typical super villains that we know from the comics. And the way it built up into the kids, it was like... Oh, I got to keep watching this. And that's why I was glad Hulu did what they didn't do last year. They were like, look, here's all episodes. Yeah, let us dive year, in. Happy holidays, <laughs> Last year made me so mad. I was like, I got to wait a week. And it's a family <laughs> show, so I love that it's over the holidays. I love that families can watch it because it represents the adults and the kids. Like, families can sit down and watch this for the holidays. Absolutely. Like, right now, you can be with your family watching Runaways. Now, before we move on to movies, because we, we went did TV yeah, first, we did. inadvertently, yes. uh, the Netflix world of cancellations is one of the biggest oh. blows to comics, I think, in the entertainment culture. I love Daredevil Season 3 more than most Marvel properties hard stop. I think Daredevil Season 3 is on par with Infinity War. Mm. I really appreciate the Daredevil universe. I love the Netflix universe. I think they do things that no movie can ever do because 13 hours is necessary to tell those stories and I think this is a giant loss. I'm excited for the 8 hour miniseries of Loki. I'm excited for the Bucky and, and that, Crouching, all that. Yeah. But I think that, and Scarlet Witch, what they can do with that. But I think that the loss of Netflix is the beginning of what I was afraid of the Monopoly. This is the beginning of what I was, was saying could happen and now it's happening. But I think once they announced that Disney was getting their own streaming site, the writing was on the wall. Oh, of course. Once the, the moment they announced it, it was like at any moment. Mm -hmm. Because you already had heard that they were pulling the Marvel films. You had heard they were pulling Star Wars and all of the cartoons. So you were like... These won't. It's not a surprise, but it is still sad because oh, you absolutely. want stuff to die. Like you want shows to die of old age, yes. not yeah. from other like bus accidents. Well, you know, yeah. like. But also, it has the possibility to return because the contract. I heard that, yeah. In twenty, within two years, they can potentially go to Disney Plus. So there is. But there, what's interesting is like the so there's there's a bar on so yeah the, you're referencing a news story that recently broke yeah, that yeah. sort of implied that the contract had a like two years we can't have a Charlie Cox Daredevil anywhere else kind of deal, but like that doesn't mean. There's going to be a whole separate negotiation of if they try to get those old episodes. There might be other things tied up in the creative rights of, like, ownership of the show as it is. I, I like – it's not clear to me. Like, I, 
I'm not ready for hope yet. I need more. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that we don't know what will happen with season one, season two, or season three of Daredevil. We don't know what will happen to season one and two of Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. You can burn Iron Fist for all I care. Uh, (laughs) Jessica Jones still has another season, her third season to come out. We're about to hit the Punisher's third season. Next month. And again, I think you and I said this on the last episode, within about the, or just this recent one, you know, within 72 hours after it drops, it's canceled. There it is. It's canceled. But it it gives a little bit of hope. The only hope I still keep besides just the show is that if you cannot use the show, if you can somehow whittle the rights away to bring these characters to the big screen. Because as of this, as of this moment, I don't want to see another Daredevil. And I'm I only afraid want of Charlie to- Cox for two hours in a big screen, though. That's my concern is 13 hours suits him. Like, right now, I'm Charlie Cox in the basement of the church. I have no hope. I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm dealing with some shit. I'm mourning. And that's where I'm going to live until I hear otherwise. But I don't know if he can live for two hours because that character is so beautifully. All right. Well, I don't I'll think be the nun. Get up. Movie. Get up. Stop. Well, there'll be a future for comics. These characters have tons of life in them. You can do this. You're better than this, Koi. Yeah. You're better than this. Get a look. Rocky montage. Do you need a neti pot for your nose? I do. <laughs> oh, R-rated. That's not going to be on TV. That's not going to be PG-13. Yes, that neti pot scene's R-rated. That's more blood than they can hang with. Hey, that neti pot scene made everybody go, well, damn. Every moment of bullseye, R-rated. You can't throw pencils through people. Like, I'm just saying we or need that he's, proper. He's shooting from above. No, he's shooting from below. <laughs> like, I just, that show was amazing. I'm really bummed. But. There was too much good stuff in 2018, y'all. We got to get to movies. Favorite yes. movies? Uh, Spider-Verse. Uh, I, Infinity War. I, those two movies, I, I said it before in the Aquaman interview, only three times in the history of me looking at my top ten list have comic movies made the cut. This is one of those times. No other years. That's insane, because usually there's so many good movies. This year is incredible movies, but Infinity War changed cinema, and Spider-Verse changed my opinion of animation. Two, like that, not small feats. Both of them near perfect. I love these two movies. This year has been insane. And yeah, they both knocked Deadpool out of your top spot. I, I'm an honest Which man. Which is crazy. I, I'm, just, I'm real about it. For me, uh, Spider-Verse, of course, and it had to be Black Panther. More, And I know people are like, of course the black guy said Black Panther. And it's Dude, not the just, movie's amazing. It's a great film. It's amazing. And also because of a kid that grew up reading those comics who never believed he would see that character ever have his own movie. To ne- You guys were just talking about seeing Atlantis. I never thought I would see Wakanda. Yeah. To never thought you would see that. I never will forget the moment I'm with Dorian at the screening, and we were in te- we were in tears in the screening, mm-hmm. and we all came out and people were just in tears. Like, what did we just see? We saw people saw it several other times. No movie had ever brought my childhood to life, and like you said with Spider Verse, I didn't think I would see an animated Spider Man movie that didn't look cheesy, that the story wasn't convoluted, and the characters just made sense. It was Pixar-esque in the child versus adult experience. You can Absolutely. enjoy there's two so, tiers of enjoyment, and that's those, impressive. Like, if people say, what about Infinity War? Look, I, I give the Russo brothers and Marvel all the credit in the world for taking a grand scale and putting that many characters and giving them life mm. and not having and allowing everybody to shine. Yeah. Because that was the hardest part to do, mm-hmm. to take almost 50 characters and give each one their moment. Yeah. An impossible magic it, trick. It shouldn't even happen. Like I said, it shouldn't work. Yeah. And we're going to see that and plus some come in game. But those two hold top. Um, Teen Titans go to the movies. Surprise my life. <laughs> Slayed. First of all, I'm a diehard <laughs> Deathstroke fan. Yeah. And those who know me, you know, I call you follow me on Instagram. The hashtag Mr. Mirakuru always pops up. So <laughs> aren't you Deadpool? 
Don't do that. I love yeah. that. that I joke. came first. In Teen Titans, that <laughs> yeah. running, that was a, you saw Teen Titans? Yeah, yeah. you were like, aren't you Deadpool? No. I haven't seen it. There's a running Deadpool joke. I put it joke, on this list because I didn't want us to leave it out because it's a damn superhero movie and it counts. The Slade Way joke that ran throughout the film is brilliant. Boy, they keep calling him Deadpool. Going. They keep I came first. And they keep doing it. And he gets progressively mad. And, it, and it's Will Arnett and he always goes, Slade. And it's incredible. The movie is Slade. And there's a great Stanley cameo. It's it's a really special movie. Uh, your your favorites of the year? Um, man, I don't. I asked this question, but I don't know how to narrow it down because Black Panther, Infinity War, and Spider Verse were all very different movies. But like, they're all movies that I thought would have been impossible for different reasons to mm. pull off. Um, like, I saw Black Panther three times in theaters. I mm-hmm. cried the whole time. I'm a sucker for movies that are about something, um, and. That was so beautiful, so beautifully executed, so unexpected as an artistic achievement, like coming out of the House of Mouse, like yeah. d- taking serious, like doing Black Panther and nailing it, like how? But also Infinity War is something I've, I, that could not have conceived of an event film, nailing it the way Infinity War did. Could not have conceived of feeling the way I did in that theater when that ending came up. Uh, and, you know, friggin' Spider-Verse... Like I was, I'm. I don't know. They have my heart. They completely have my heart. They're all perfect. Infinity War is one of the most dense films I've ever experienced, and it happens to be a comic movie. The the level of jokes, the level of characterization, all the different arcs, the brilliance of the storytelling, the fact that some people think Thanos is right, uh, the the amount that they were able to achieve in Gamora CGI. Gamora was right. Make me a T-shirt the, that isn't love. She was right. Okay. The amount they were able to achieve with nuance in a superhero film is incredible. The the amount that they we had invested in these characters, so they didn't have to pander to us. The story telling was already done when tony stark cries you have five movies of investment so mm. they were able to lean into that without it feeling like you wasted the opportunities of those movies and they also didn't shortchange the action while doing all that it's so hard to balance out like really good writing really good action all those things i i love i was talking about it on, on my marvel movie news show age of ultron is one of the weaker links in my opinion of the mcu i, agree. I, I age yeah. of ultron doesn't land for me in a lot of ways but two of my favorite scenes in all of the mcu are in that film the farmhouse scene and the mjolnir lifting scene are both in one of the weaker which, films which one where they try to or when vision just says the, let's go the, <laughs> when, when they try to, that moment's also insane. But the fact that that movie didn't land some of the other beats shows the testament to the Russo brothers' Absolutely. achievement. Because I think in those scenes, I'm like, I love that. But the rest. This, I have no moments of, of folly. It's just brilliant filmmaking. And one of the biggest things for Infinity War that landed for me, more than the fact of taking the characters and allowing them to shine, this is the first ever, I think, superhero comic book movie we've ever seen that is the villain story. Mm-hmm. And it works. This is Thanos' story from beginning to end. Like, everybody like, no, it's about the Avengers. Pay attention to what the movie is about. It's about Thanos getting all six stones and winning and winning at the end. I cannot wait to revisit this conversation in just about a year because, like, I the other thing that made that movie achievement so special is that, like, our interpretations of it, they're still like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we haven't seen the other half. And this time last year, we didn't know that was going to be a thing. <laughs> so, and I, I love it. I got to be the bad guy. We're running out of time. I know. Uh, we, we have comics to get to, and I think we should mention the Spider-Man PS4 game, because that was this year. And oh, this it was is, amazing. This is Heroes, so all the things count. The uh, other big stories of this year were slowly waiting for the Marvel Avengers, uh, Marvel Fox deal to happen. We spent this whole year in weird limbo. And it yep. finally happened. Um, <laughs> the ink is drying, as yep. we speak. Uh, the Spider-Man PS4 game changed gaming. It outsold the movie. It's incredible. It's, I think, the beginning. I think we'll look back on 2018 like we look back on 08 with Iron Man with the Spider-Man PS4 game and Spider-Verse. I think Spider-Man this year, like, we'll look back and acknowledge that that's when it all began. Video yeah. games are yeah. going to change. Animation's going to change. This is a new I shift. Agree. 
I'm, I'm curious. I, I do think Spider-Man is a, an absolute classic. Uh, like, and it, anyway, this is not the gaming show. Um, uh, whether I think that was the any other big castings and announcements and news well, that I mean, y'all yeah, wanted to shout huge, out for the, this year. The, the it final, was a crazy we finally year. got a Dark Phoenix trailer. Oh yeah, and everybody. The first thing was, oh, this is X Men: The Last Stand all over again. That was. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the reshoots. You know. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. Uh, this year we had a lot of like the, the Netflix stuff all went through. We talked about movies. We talked about TV. A lot of great casting was happening. Then they were in the movies that already came out. So I can't think of any news that we haven't already experienced the like the landing of. We got the launch of DC Universe, which I'm just praying that whenever Warner figures out its streaming plans, like don't kill DC Universe. You've got something good there. We Grow found out it. the MCU is going to turn into TV. We found out the Loki news, which we briefly mentioned earlier. We yeah. find all that. We also uh, have the idea of X Force coming from my rep, my boy Deadpool, with the movie landing the way it did. Theoretically, that can be the next film. Uh, do you want to dive into our comic stuff? Let's do it. All right. So we usually do a pull list, but it is the day after Christmas, so there's not a lot getting shipped. There's uh, like a couple number ones. X, some, there's two number ones, and also yeah, there's a, it's a skip week. There's a small number of titles that ship this week, um, and we just thought we'd put the spotlight on the big holiday event, the FF wedding issue. Landing right there. Ben Gurren, Alicia Masters, uh, theoretically tying the knot, unless everything goes horribly wrong. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's a superhero wedding. Everything always goes fine. Um, that's technically issue five of Fantastic Four. It's like 650 at the same time. We have been over my frustrations with numbering, but we're all just getting through this together. <laughs> um, uh, so hopefully that's going to be fantastic. And no uh, pun intended. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And we will pick out some. So we picked out some other year highlights that you're seeing scroll by. Um, Give our superlatives. So I'm going to start at the top with my fave ongoing. My favorite ongoing of the year was Tom King's Batman. I love Tom King's Batman. Uh, we also have my favorite reboot of the year is Chip Zdarsky's Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man. My favorite limited series of the year was X-Men Grand Design. Ed Piscor, who, by the way, is doing like a YouTube series of behind-the-scenes oh. comic stuff, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I bet it's going to be amazing. He's brilliant. I Top to bottom. Uh, favorite character reinterpretation is a very specific category, and that is Tom Taylor's All-New Wolverine. I I love X-23 now. It wrapped up this year. X-23 has her own book now. Tom Taylor has moved on to X-Men Red and is going to be doing other amazing things, but you should definitely make sure you didn't miss those trades. Speaking of X-Men Red, my favorite all-new book is X-Men Red because <laughs> Tom Taylor writes the hell out of some X-Men, and I've mixed, mixed my X-Men. Like, X-Men Blue and Gold, they had a couple moments, but X-Men Red feels like the Claremont era, feels like Burn, feels like X-Men. It's very classic. And my biggest surprise of 2018 is Doomsday Clock. I said never touch the Watchmen. I said never <laughs> mix those worlds. I said Alan Moore is sacred and a lot of people would have agreed with me, but people also said Never Been Back When, and I love me some Spider-Gwen. People also <laughs> said that the Clone Saga was bad, and they are wrong. I love <laughs> the Doomsday Clock run. It is smart. It is inventive. It is dense. You have to read it twice. There's so much going on, and it beautifully encapsulates both worlds without sacrificing either. I love the playfulness of the Joker. I love the way they're writing these characters. I really think Jeff Johns has found an amazing, unique experience when you read Doomsday Clocks. That was my biggest surprise of the year. And I was you heard it here first the only human to ever put clone saga and doomsday clock in one sentence <laughs> yeah that is never uh, happened in history that's my history shirt clone saga right doomsday now clock. uh i made my own little list best new exiles y'all know i'm borderline obsessed with this fun uh, alternate universe romp uh saladina med and javier rodriguez uh have been doing amazing fun work it's just all of these bonkers versions of the marvel universe in the same way the old exiles yeah, yeah. like they get trapped in different dimensions but it's a new team blink is back um there's some fantastic uh Ooh. old west black 
Panther? You got to find out. Um, it's 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 really fun, and uh, it you know has been an interesting book because I hope both of those creators are going on to do tons of stuff. Saladin Ahmed just got announced as the new writer of Ms. Marvel. Mm. I mean, he writes a a grizzled, burned out, jaded Kamala Khan in the pages of Exiles, which will break your heart in a hundred ways. Because um, you know, not every universe things went well. Um, best ongoing. I'm giving it to The Wake and the Divine. The long form, deep mythology pop epic uh, beauty between Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, two partners who were just born to make comics together. Uh, Best tie. That was an award I made up for this year's Eisner Awards. Um, Because this year at the Eisners, the yearly awards in comics, there was a tie for best writer, which I loved and said a lot to me about the state of comics. It was a tie between Tom King and Marjorie Liu, who both won best writer. She writes Monstrous. He writes, of course, Batman and many other things. Uh, It's just a nice symbol for me of how beautiful and full the world of comics is best blast from the past is the fact that the best-selling graphic novel as of this time for this entire year was written in the 1990s it was infinity gauntlet of course it's been it yep. moved so many because y'all need to know what happens after the snap um, <laughs> and i love it uh best surprise for me was i can't remember exactly when i discovered it but at some point hilda i shout it out all the time it is amazing storytelling if you have kids you need to give it to them if you're a kid inside you need to read it it's just delightful and fun and reminds me that like there's so much range in what comics can be and best news is that uh comics had five up years in a row and then one down year last year and we're coming back. Yes. Um, Read comics. Buy comics. So you go out, support your local comic book store, uh, and be way ahead of the curve on all of these dozens nice. of hundreds of movies and TV shows. Thousands. I don't know. All of them. Now, all do you want to talk some comics or drive into Twitter questions? I'll go right into Twitter questions. Quick. Okay. We like Twitter questions because I can't talk as fast as you, and we have things to cover. <laughs> I'm going to upset all my speed-hating audience members because I'm going to power through these Twitter questions as fast as I want to because we're going to get as many as we can. So, first one, Eileen at Luck Dipster number two said, hashtag Collider Heroes, which superhero would do the best job of replacing Santa if he was unavailable for duty on Christmas Eve? Iron Man. <laughs> Why? Because he has a bunch of suits to do to deliver and form. Ah. Amy? Um, I was going to say Doctor Strange because portals and time shenanigans would be like the only way to get that done. I was going to say my boy Green Arrow. That's right, Flash. Oh, my God. Day, Flash. <laughs> I think Flash is going to hit every house in less than a Anybody night. Anybody who's had it. some of the natural herbal greenery while watching this is going to be like, how high am I? <laughs> <laughs> Why does he keep saying the wrong name? You're he said it once, but he keeps universe. going. Um, Admiral, do you want to switch off? Do you want to just... Sure. Admiral Jack Barr uh, at Mr. Bieberstar uh, says, who was your favorite comic book villain of 2018, and who do you think will be the best villain in 2019? We'll open this up to all mediums. Hmm, best villain of 2018, Tobias Will. Ooh, I'm going like, to give it to Thanos. Uh, I'm going to give it to Killmonger. Yes. I, I really like the, the nuance he brought to that role that made people really torn in the third act. And then it, you liked him so much, even when the CGI took over, you were still invested in both of them, and that's a feat. And I had to, I had to choose between mainly Killmonger and, Than- and uh, Tobias Will because they both have kind of some of the same thoughts, but Tobias Will is just so like, I hate black people, and you're black. <laughs> and in another movie, Killmonger could have been the lead. In another movie, he could have been the protagonist, yes, yeah, which yeah. I appreciate. So I I'm can't believe how likable they made a character who shoots his own accomplice in the face, and I still loved him. His name like, is Killmonger. Monger. I know. At least Thanos has nuance in his name, kind of. Killmonger. <laughs> nuance. Uh, another one from Admiral Jack Barr, Mr. Beaver Star. What was your favorite single scene in any comic book movie in 2018? Woof. That's easy enough. Uh... <laughs> Seen through a door. I'm just going to say, no spoilers, but it happens through a door and I'll never be okay again. In which film? 
It's the Spider-Verse. Because there's a scene in a door I loved in Deadpool 2. (laughs) (laughs) My brain went to that. That's that's another great moment in film. Oh, man. You already know what it is. Mr. Stark. Oh. I don't fit. I don't fit. Amy almost choked. (laughs) It is. It's the Mr. Stark. I don't feel so. I don't want to go. Uh, there was too much good stuff this year. That yeah. should be illegal. There was I'm, too much. I'm going to give it to the either the 16-minute fight or the, the Arsenal fight in the office in Daredevil. I'm going to give it to the bulls, the two bullseye fights. I oh, can't yeah. decide between the two, but bullseye fighting in Daredevil season three. But that's, it, but that's not uh, a movie, though. Oh, is it any medium? Any medium? Oh, any medium? Okay. Yeah. She oh. said movie. Okay. I declared uh, the last one open, so I think it counts. I'm gonna, if we go movie, I'm going to pick a movie didn't make my top five, but I'm going to say Fred Savage talking about cable in Deadpool <laughs> was in Okay. Because it fixes the movie. Like, anything that fixes the original by way of retrofitting is hilarious to me. It's and it's a the retcon. Most, it's the most Deadpool thing. It's a comic book retcon in a movie about a retcon. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, next. That's, that's fair. <laughs> next question. Uh, next up, we have uh, Jose Campos asks, I loved Into the Spider-Verse. Never read any Miles Spider-Man. Got a wreck on where I could start. Thanks. Hashtag Forever Sweaty. And thanks for you guys, for everything you guys do, I'm guessing, and Merry Xmas. Thank you, Jose. Um, we didn't acknowledge that this was an eventful year in a bunch of other ways, but we're grateful for the pop culture stuff. We're glad to be here doing this show. <laughs> I just got real emotional because you said Forever Sweaty. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but we are happy to be here and for all the good stuff. And who wants to take this one? Fall of Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man ending because it gives you the origin of Miles in the context of where he begins. I think that when we lose Peter, that ties into Miles really beautifully because they're able to transition a character that is so important in a way that he literally takes the mantle of something from a fall. And I love the imagery of him getting the, the webs from Aunt May. I love You're talking imagery. about Ultimate Fallout, right? Ultimate Fallout, sorry, yeah. thank you. Yeah. No, 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 it's the... Uh, fall, yeah, Fallout. <laughs> but I love the imagery of him getting the webs from Aunt May and Mary Jane because that shows not only do they approve, but it's it's just a passing of a torch in a really powerful way with the character we've been with for 60 years. And it, his origin is so important and powerful that I think starting at the beginning is the only way to really appreciate Miles as much as you should. Right. So start all the way at the jump. I think there's a couple different... Pl- there are different places you can jump in. You can jump in with the brand new number one if you just want to start having adventures. But I will second that it is so worth it to go back and read the beginning, to read the Bendis Pichelli stuff, uh, to read, like, they. I think, I need to check on this. There's new editions that are nice, big, the ultimate edition oh, cool. is what they call it, uh, paperbacks of the Miles Morales stuff. I need to find out if they include some of that, like, pre-his number one material or not. There are, there's a, a, a trade they just put out for Spider-Verse that collects some of the stuff that you need for it. Um, just track down that material it's only a couple appearances before he's in his own book and off and running uh and you, that's uh, what do you think i don't remember the original run for it I've, i'm sorry i'm it's blanking it's been a while but uh, you guys made some great to see i remember the issue of ultimate fallout though i do remember mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to watch ma and mary jane say this is yours it's on, it's to you now that's and, such a powerful I, i'm a completist you and to that. watch and to look at Miles to see miles's face on that panel and he doesn't even believe he's getting it and so that's what captivates you for me. So, Him pulling yeah. up the costume and being like, maybe it is in bad taste. Yeah, that, those <laughs> moments are so important to the, the, the character to me, but even before his own number one. And the so. first, the way, the way the origin goes down in the comics, when you see it with his family and the reactions and all mm. that, like, it's just perfect. I didn't, like, I would, anyway, I love Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> um, How much time do we have? Where are we at, Dorian? Okay, I'm going to do as many as we can. Uh, hashtag Ricardo <laughs> Quells, hashtag Letter Heroes. I was a massive DC Comics and Marvel Comics reader from the mid-80s to the early 90s. I dropped off because life, LOL. What are some recent arcs that will facilitate jumping back in? I read Tom King, TK's Mr. Miracle, and loved it. Love you guys. 
Uh, jumping back welcome in the comments. Back. Yeah, welcome. That's the right choice, first of all. Uh, to jump, I love Tom King's Batman. If you like Tom King's Mr. Miracle, that's probably a great place to start if you like that writer. Uh, we talked about our favorites from the year. Uh, any of those, I think, is a good place to start. There are brand yeah. new runs on Justice League and Avengers out in trade right now. They both had new volume ones this year. Jason Aaron and Scott Snyder. Like, you can't go wrong with those guys. I always go back to one of the favorite runs. It's an old school run for me. If you can find the Maximum Carnage series. Mm. Because people, because of Venom. Yeah. A lot of people have to know what about all other symbiotes but that is always a good run to watch that to watch venom and carnage have their interactions and then see the other five you know so i've always been a fan of that one if you're an mcu fan i jump into the ultimate universe ultimate spider-man in the very beginning really shaped what the mcu is if you're a little younger i really love unstoppable uh wasp uh there's there's so much good stuff but a lot of our favorites of the year is a good solid foundation of comics. and books. if you just want to catch up on on recent fantastic runs follow tom king anywhere he goes yeah. uh check out ms marvel uh, uh the kamala khan run which has been amazing and it's we just learned it's going to be wrapping up and changing hands. Yep. But all that's for the future. Do you want to do one sweaty question? Very quickly, let's do one sweaty question. Okay, we, a bunch of these we'll get to next week. Uh, last question of the year, sweaty question. Looking again at the contributions of Snap, Stan, and others, I find myself to be newly inspired and more in love with comics than ever. So much so that I have decided to set up my own comic book company, and I neither write nor draw. What advice can you give me? Hashtag Clatter Heroes. First of all, thank you uh, for... This year was hard, so thank you for mentioning that. And I love that you're diving into comics because of your inspiration from Stan and Schnapp. Sincerely, thank you. If you neither write nor draw, help others that do and also be a collaborator. Art is so universally accepted when you find the right people, and art can be so amazing and personal even if you're not personally doing that art. So find people you like, inspire others, retweet, share, fund, help others. And there are so many comic creators that don't get the like light shined on them. So if, even if you're just the light, that helps others. So do anything you can. If you're good at editing, if you're good at anything you can do, will help. So be a part of the, the solution. So this is already the answer. You're doing it. So make moves, find people that are doing this stuff, and start a community, and thank you. I can't believe that you threw this one on with zero time. I just, uh, I was, that's my brain. It's a fantastic said. question, but it's a lot, like, <laughs> like Coy said, look at the books you love, look at who's listed as the editor. If you're going to be the publisher of a small press, there are people you can look at, like Spike Trotman, who's just doing it, making it up from scratch, and is killing it out there with Iron Circus. Um, she's done it all herself. Um, she does her own stuff, but she's also grown, because when you're the publisher, it's about finding the right people, supporting them, giving them what they need, um, and and specifically if you want to be an editor, which is a slightly different craft, but seems like might be the thing you have to bring to the table, look up the comics you love, look up who the editors are, start following them on social media, or look for interviews, look for things about that side of the craft. It's tough to start a new company, but it's easier like in some ways than it's ever been. Uh, so yeah, good luck. Keep us updated. Yo, as somebody who draws... And who is a fan of art, if you follow my Instagram, you can see that. To not be able to do either one is never a big thing. Like Koi said, find somebody that you can be the light on, that you can help get the word out about. Spread the word. A tweet does so much nowadays. An Instagram post. I would say just literally follow your heart. Do not worry about if you can't handle the creative element behind it. So I wanted to end on that. Like, it's such a good question, and I'm sorry to throw that in after the hour mark. Roka is going to find me over the holidays. Uh, but it, it's been an incredible year. I, I have loved working with you this year. I've loved working with you this year. Thank 2018 you, has been a hell of a thing. Highs, lows, and everything in between. But a big, happy new year. We'll see you in 2019 for the Maybe biggest comic year. year of all. 2019 is even crazier. Until then. Stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. Stay little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, 
brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.